You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to this live show after a disappointing night. Olympiak was defeated 2-1 at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Second loss of the season, second loss against the same team, back-to-back. I'm Konstantin Levoyanis, a.k.a. Costa. I'm joined by Labro Sirmos, my co-host, and Ari Bulubasis. Marshall at Olympiacos France is also with us. Thanks for joining Marshall. Um, the gang is here today. This is going to be a hot episode, I feel. Guys, uh, ladies and gents, we are here for you through thick and thin wins, draws, losses. We can't just be supporters when we're winning. Have to be there for the losses as well to talk about things. Um, no matter when we're happy, when we're sad, we're here for you. We're here live to engage with you about all things Olympiacos. Keep those comments coming in. The comment section is already on fire even before we've gone live. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. As I said, we're here for you through thick and thin. And before we get into post-match, a quick uh, tour of the housekeeping and a thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International is your one-stop shop for all your international transshipping needs whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or road relocating completely, Piraeus International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to almost any port around the world, whether North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or email at sales at PiraeusINTL.com. And... Support for Gate 7 International is also brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Yes, you heard correctly. Manscaped offers precision-engineered precision tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, across all of Europe. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code G7INTL at manscaped.com. And now that we are done with that, ladies and gents, where do we start? Who wants to go first? <laughs> no one? I want to go first. I want to go first. Can I go yeah, first? Yeah. I hope you've had a drink to calm down after today. Let, let's see. I've had like six or seven drinks. <laughs> I'm glad Martial's here too. Martial, it's good to see you, man. Uh, always great when you're on. Um, I really want to pull up a comment real quick from from Simos, my good friend. Hell yeah, I'm I'm thinking of coming. I'm coming out to Belgium for for the game. It's going to be a huge game. Um, shout out to the guys at Gate Seven or Swiss Club. Olympiacos. Uh, 
where to start? The the comments are saying Martin's out. Martin's lost the game. Or Olympiacos is down. Listen, that was shit. That was shit tonight, guys. That was... That, <laughs> what a strange comment. Okay. <laughs> but um, it was... It's good that we're laughing because I was ready to punch a window out the, this evening. Um, just not good enough. I, I said last night in our preview episode, don't watch that now, but whatever. The club seems sick, and it's been sick almost since that Wolves tie when we lost. Everything has gone downhill. The football has gone downhill. I don't know. And, and I see this comment. Wow, beautiful. Concept Calcio, just taking it out of my mouth. Whole club's been sale since we went out to Wolves. Honestly, <clears throat> some of the players should be ashamed of themselves. In the in the old days, I really think some of these guys would have been would have been sent sent home. I Kenny Lala, I hate to say this right now, Usainu Ba. It's time to go. It's time to go. The exit door is calling their name. And you know what? Something else. Mari Kamara, we should take the money and it's time to go as well. He's a fantastic player. He's done great, but it's time to go. There was just nothing tonight from Mari Kamara. And it's disappointing to say, but it just looks like he doesn't want to be here anymore. And what is the point? <laughs> what is the point? I, I'm just, I don't know. Tonight was just heart crushing. It This this could have been such a big game, guys. Like, if we yep. won this game, we could have been in first place in Europa League and gone to the, the, the 16 of Europa League. It was in our hands. And now we're looking down the barrel of a must-win game against Fenerbahce at home in two weeks. It's just disappointing. I don't know what else to say. It's... <coughs> this team is... <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. This team is just... I don't know. It's sick. Like I said last night, it's just sick. There's something deeply wrong with this team. And to be honest with you, I'm seeing people say Martin's out. Really, I don't agree with that. But I think this team is not never going to change until Martin's is gone. Well, hold on a minute. One, one I mean, second. The, so can, go ahead, Adi. But you can say you can say that Martin's from his previous, like what he's done over the course of three and a half Adi, can i cut you off right? real quick real quick yeah. to make one point i was mentioning players who need to go also martins i feel like doesn't want to be here anymore and well, i'm i'm gonna can i finish real quick this yeah. point i th <clears throat> i think a lot of these players and i really want to say this and this coach were looking for the exit door and they didn't find the exit they wanted and they stuck around and it shows with how this team plays pedro martins didn't get that premier league team to call him and bring him in and he stuck around. A lot of these players didn't get the big move they wanted, and they stuck around. And it it's showing this season. How how have we played so well, so horrific in Greece? We've played terrible in Greece, guys. We we've been making excuses for it. Two one with Panatolikos, draw with Atromitos. I don't, I don't know. I well, I just think. Some to, of these, it's going to be, this can't be solved in January. We may win the league, but I don't think we'll win the cup. I think we'll have another choke artist performance like we did against Pauk. But this is going to take a whole summer to figure out because I think there's some deep issues with this club and that's it. 
There's a couple of comments that kind of address sort of what I was going to say. First from Fethanos here. Bad product placement. I don't think the club needs anything to do with balls after today since they clearly don't have any. That's, yeah, uh, on Martins's end. I'm putting, I'm going to be honest with you, there's plenty of blame we can put on certain players, but I'm putting a lot of this on 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 Martins because this is for the the, the tale of this season so far has been his regression in game management. And uh, I am going to do in the my post-match analysis, I am going to see how often he waits until 70 minutes or more to make any kind of changes and to see how many of those games we win or lose and what happens. Because I'm, I'm almost certain that we haven't won a game when Martins has waited over 70 minutes for his first sub in the second half. Not to mention that the subs that he's been making have been awful. The first sub... Onyakuru off, Valbuena on. What was that? Kunde's name was being called for this game. Like he was needed in this game from early, early, early on. Terrible tactical decisions by Martins. Really, 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 really poor. Ari, Ari, what's like before we kind of get into tactical analysis and getting deeper into who the gives game, a like, shit about the tactics hold on who no, no, gives no, no, a shit no, 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 there's wait, problems wait. at this fucking club that we need no, to talk we're gonna about get, like when it, we're it gonna... doesn't the tactics don't matter that is it the does matter make you. no it does not we have it... shit players who don't want to be here we have martins who doesn't want to be here that is the problem at the club the tactics don't matter okay some player can play some player can play who gives a shit half the team doesn't want to be at the club that's the truth of the matter. I, that is I a don't subset. Know. I, that is a subset. About, let's talk about. But the hold tactics. on, hold on a second. Hold but on I don't a give second. A shit, to you're be acting honest. like you're. First of all, like, with this, the way, even though we lost this game two to one, if tactics didn't matter, if we had lost this game three one or worse, then yes, I would agree with you. But this game was it was tight and some changes needed to happen for us to go over the edge. This wasn't a oh we were down three nothing we got molested. No, that wasn't the case at all. This game was ours to lose, and we lost it. We lost it. Not the other way around. Mar- Martins didn't make the right changes. We made opportunities. We had a handful of them that should have been goals. They should have been. That Onyekuru shot should have been a goal. Masuras lifts the ball a little bit. That's a goal. There, there were opportunities in this game. The game was there for the taking from us. A midfield change, a Kunde change earlier on. And I think that that happens. So n- there are other problems with this team, that th- problems that we have seen from the beginning. I completely agree with that. And Onyakuru is one of those problems. Why can't we pick? Did anybody watch what Zivkovic did today for Bauk? Did anybody fucking watch that? Why I don't give a shit about Zivkovic. I don't give a shit about Pauk. I don't the give a point shit is, about Zivkovic. Why can't we get that profile I, of winger? Why can't we find I don't we give that? a shit. I honestly could not care less about Pauk. I do guys, not care. Guys, guys, I guys. Let's um, let's let's simmer down because the, the 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 co-hosts, all of us, me included, are quite raucous tonight. Yes. Um, maybe Marshall. What's your view like and reaction coming in? Uh, right after this game, what's your interpretation of what we've seen today? I, I don't think that it was the the most terrible game I've seen from Olympiacos this season because uh, when El Arabi scored the first go- the first goal, I thought that it was going to be a you know a nice game or 
I saw like some action I didn't see since a while, especially in Super League. But I agree with both Ari and Lombardos because I think that the, the main problem is that too many players are still there because they wanted to uh, to to leave before. I can, we could name like Semedo, Cisse that came back from France and he started to be the, the first choice while being the like third or first choice in January. Uh, but I still here. Uh, we didn't we didn't have any fullbacks uh, coming. Lala went from the third choice to the first choice. Camara uh, didn't move. Um, I think that the squad wasn't built with uh, I don't know, not many ideas. And uh, I think the the Martins era is pretty much done to me. Um, I think the best thing we we have to do is to wait until June, uh, because it's very hard to find a new coach uh, in the middle of a season, because we see like for example Tottenham get Conte, but it's very hard to find someone very, very, very good in the middle of the season. Like we can see Paris, for example, if they sack Pochettino, well they don't have any option. So what we need. To me, is to wait for the January market. To to we need to uh, reduce the amount of players in the squad. To rely more on players like Vrzai, like Suarez. Um, I think that people um, prefer to lose with a team that looks like a team, uh, because it's something that makes you uh, improve or makes you learn or makes you I don't know for for young player you get experience. But that kind of loss tonight, like it will make players like Masuras improve, maybe like Agibu, those kind of players because they will learn. But I don't think like Usenuba, for example, or Onyekuru will, will learn from that loss. That's we need to change. No, but you heard Onyekuru's comments at the end of the game and in the post match, he was, you know, he was like, Yeah, you know, we played well, but this is football and we lost. But I think the <laughs> Really, for me, it's just that kind of shows me that mentality that I currently hate in the national team, which is that, oh, you know, guys, we played really well, but we didn't qualify, but we're proud. It's like, no, I'm not proud. I'm, I don't like what I'm seeing. And um, I mean, I agree with a lot of, of pretty much everything that Marshall said and bits of what uh, Ari and, and Labro said. And I, I, I think we're all frustrated, but really... Yesterday, what I said was that this game today was like a Milan. It was like the game we played against Milan. Okay, Milan was the was game day six. It was the last game day of the first season of, of Martins, and there was an amazing atmosphere in the crowd. The crowd was getting behind the team. We didn't have fans against Bauk. It was the first game after the ban that the, that the fans were back in the stadium. And we said yesterday, we're expecting the players to rise to the occasion. And in the end, it just seemed like the occasion got the better of them, with a few exceptions. Uh, for me, I think we all uh, were not expecting or didn't want to see Henry Onyukuru in the starting lineup today. And Henry Onyukuru, for me, was the most threatening player we had on the pitch in the first half. He made the goal. That's what we bought him for, to run at players, to knock the ball forward and beat the defenders and score or get the assist. He did his job. LRB hit the back of the net and we all thought it was going to be one of those games that play where, play really well or play average, we would win it. 
then what happened happened. But there are two interpretations to this game for me. One is that we had chances and we didn't take them because we did have chances to win this game comfortably. The Masuras chance, the Onyokuru chance that went wide. Uh, we had, I think, 13 attempts on goal, and, well, five on target. They had three on target. Um, but you know, you could talk about the refs. I'm sure tomorrow all the papers in Greece are going to be talking about, oh, the VAR, the 20 minutes, and, you know, it should have been a red, and the refs fucked us again. I'm sorry, but that's one interpretation of the game. The other interpretation of this game and the defeat is that this team has been in decline for over a year now. Uh, Labro's right, I think. Um, he's one of the first people that said this towards the end of last season, to your credit, Labro, that since the Wolves game, it's it's been it's been like this and martins's reign at this club has been first two years like this and then third and fourth like this it's you're right because it's gone up and down like a hill i I think that the wolves game is maybe the crucial point because uh the it it was probably the the best squad we had we have had since a lot of years and with the 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 covid uh europa league maybe we if we have passed the Wolves game, we could have gone very far in this competition. And probably Martins knows that he won't have uh, another squad like that. And pretty much every key players that have left wasn't well replaced. So maybe, and, and also I think he's getting very nervous uh, by the situation that uh, happens in Greece because four years in Olympiakos maybe equals like 10 years uh, in another club yeah. or in another league, maybe because you see the B team, for example, is not playing. The B team is not playing. So, I've I've seen a comment uh, um, uh, speaking about Ba, like he doesn't have any other option uh, for the centre back except Avram, who's maybe 40 years old now. So, probably if um, I don't I don't think like Akadopoulos would have played like 10 games with the B team, it could have been a, an option tonight. Same applies for Apostolopoulos or uh, I don't know who. But th- there have... are th- there are players. Sorry, Ari. There are players in that team, and I think all of you almost touched upon this. There are players playing in this team right now that just they're not they're they're not mentally there anymore. We talked about Madi yesterday, and we talked about him before. His performances have been like sixes and fives and six sixes all all season. It's just not. It's just not what you expect from a player that you're looking to sell for 20 million. We're looking to sell him for 20 million. Is he? Does he look like a 20, 20 million euro player? No, he doesn't. Not right now. And I would like to take this time real quick. We have another uh, another individual joining us. This is uh, Alex Anif, as he's known on the blog team. Uh, Alex, welcome all the way from Australia. You're up nice and early in the morning for this. How are you doing? Yeah. Hi, hi. It's a pleasure to join you. It's a pleasure to join the team. Uh, yeah, it was really early for us. It was like a quarter to five, the game. But uh, and unfortunately, uh, we lost. But uh, yeah, it's been really interesting listening to, to your takes on the game. Uh, I saw it a bit differently. I saw it as um, not a result of what's going on in, in the team itself. But like, I saw it as a result of... The um the Greek league of the effect of the that the Greek league is having, uh, 
as opposed to the Bundesliga, because uh, looking at it from a different perspective, it was the first team uh, of the Greek Super League playing against the 15th team of the Bundesliga. And that says a lot. Like, not only in tonight's game, well, a little bit less in tonight's game, but mostly in uh, the game that was played a fortnight ago in Germany, we saw, we constantly saw that um, Olympiacos were on the back foot, they were slower, they were... Um, less able that they, they got to the ball uh slower they they weren't able to to pass the ball as quickly whereas Eintracht they were just passing the ball around like it was a second nature that they were so they were just doing what they do in training so to me it's not a, an issue of what goes on in Olympiacos like it's not necessarily something that's wrong with Olympiacos it's a lot more of what has to do with uh how do, how are games played in Greece? What's the tempo? What's um, the physical condition of the players in Greece? And all of this. And it's got me thinking that, like, okay, um, even if we had won tonight, if it takes us this much energy, this if it creates such a difficulty for us to, to beat the 15th team of the Bundesliga, uh, really, what's our ceiling? What's our, how far can we really go? Not just as a team, well, but as as a as a championship, you know. Well, Alex, I'm glad you brought that up because that is that is a good point. Look, as as shit as we think we are right now, right? Uh, I discussed mm-hmm. with Steven in the previous episode after Panetolikos that as shit as we think we look, we still create mm-hmm. a, a combination of the best quantity and quality of opportunities in Greece. As sad as that is in the state of the Greek league. But I have a question for you guys, and it's a comment here that I thought was very interesting from Lex here. In a video we saw last year, both coach and players said the soul of the team was Semedo. I guess the soul is gone, and it is affecting them. I'm curious what you guys have to say about that, because that's a really interesting comment for me. Uh, Lombro, I saw you had your hand up earlier, so go ahead. Answer first. Yeah, hold on. Screw Semedo. I don't give a shit about Semedo. I'm going to talk about something else real quick. Sorry, but we can get back to that. Juber, a bench player of Eintracht Frankfurt, who the people we were talking from Frankfurt, whatever those guys, I remember Adi had them on, has come in and been the best winger in the Greek Super League. You look at the roster of Pauk, and look at these clowns they have on this team, and they're easily the second best team in Greece. Like, Shidli, Villarinha, 36 years old, Varela, Michalidis, tragic players, tragic footballers, like, and this is the quality of our league. Are you kidding me? Alex hit the nail on the head. Our football is so shit. Henry Onyakuru comes here and we think he's going to be a star. Are you kidding me? We, Juper comes in and he's the best winger we've ever seen. A 30-year-old washed up striker or winger from the Bundesliga who couldn't play for Frankfurt. Who's better 16, than all of our wingers. Better than all of our wingers? Are you kidding me? What, what does that say about us? I don't know. I don't know. It's, That's all. I, it's a great point. But that, uh, that goes that goes back to the... the it's a point. clown show. It's a clown show. I don't but know. That, that, that goes back to the point about the team's decline after Wolves because last Bingo. season, last Bingo. season, yes. the, the level of the Greek leave is essentially what has masked the decline and the weakness. Uh, the, the level... I mean, we finished the league in February. The league was done in February. It was a joke. But the team was still... You know, transitioning out of its peak, 
and it's it, it hasn't changed. I mean, we said that that team with Guillerme Camara in the second season, uh, El Arabi at 32 years of age, like when we were beating Arsenal away from home and should have beaten Wolves and probably gone as far as we've ever gone in Europe, that was the peak. And then we were playing with Rafinha at right back and God knows, oh, it was Holebas at left back. It's just, it's not good enough. We won the it's, league with 38-year-old no. wingers with Rafinha, Holebas, Gala. Yeah. Like, uh, these players? Are you kidding me? Like, Alex, go I on. agree. I agree that, uh, sorry, I agree that there was a peak uh, under the, the Mart- during the Martins era that um, we had a team that seemed really strong. Like, they went all the way from the second qualifying round of the Champions League all the way to the uh, round of 16 of the Europa League, and they knocked out Arsenal inside the Emirates, and they, that was the peak. But since then, I feel like the team is literally looking for their identity, and Martins himself is experimenting, and he's trying uh, to find something better, something to, to reach or even surpass that level. But again, like when the league itself begins it's in September and everyone else has started playing from July, it's not really easy. I mean, we need to give him some some level of um, uh, justification, you know. Uh, there's only so much he can do as, as a manager. I feel like he's, he's still doing a good job. I, I don't – I'm not blaming – I mean, they always, they always say that the manager needs to take responsibility for the loss, but I don't feel that everything is his fault here. I don't feel – I don't think that he's his fault for all of this. It's, so, it's true you know. because just look at the summer we have had, like with uh, Fortuny's injury, Tiquinho injury, the, the COVID uh, in, in the squad, uh, you know, losing uh, into penalty in Bulgaria. Like it was, it's like every uh, factor turns into a negative factor this season and we can't break this, uh, this you know, this, uh, this circle because we basically lost to Frankfurt, like giving away five goals. They probably scored five goals out of like seven or eight shots on, on target. Um, how many PK we have given away since Martins came? I think he has, he has the, the highest numbers of PK given away. I've made the, the count like it was almost 10 PK only in Europe. And I think that in the Super League, we have given away like five, six PK every season. But I, I don't think he, he just likes maybe sometime a, a little bit of madness because after all he has done in Olympiacos, no one will blame him if he, if, if he makes like three change at halftime to go for the victory. Because if he lost, when he, it's a loss, but he has already done was and uh, no other coach has done in Olympiacos almost. So, so he could enjoy his, his yeah. last year of contract, trying to, to change a little bit his mentality or how he's, he's seeing the, the changing. And I, I also have the impression that he's using like 50% of the squad he has. And it's so, frust- so frustrating for her, for the fans because it, the but squad is so lost. big. Yeah. Yeah, he but, looks uh, lost. I, he looks sorry. lost on the bench. He's like he's going. He's, he, I mean, waiting for the 80th minute to make two subs. What do you expect to like? If anyone that's played football before knows that you come on and you've got 10 minutes to play, your legs are cold. You're not even in the game. No rhythm, and you need five, ten minutes to get in the game. What do you expect 
these players in the last 10 minutes to do. And unless they're a Rivaldo or a Ronaldinho or like a top quality player that can impact the game immediately, what do you expect Kunde to do? What do you expect a 37-year-old Balbuena to do? And I'm really sorry, like this has really irritated me since the summer. In the summer, there was a big discussion or actually no discussion at all practically about whether we were going to renew his contract at 36 years of age. And they were joking around on the radio, Nicola Copulos and co, and saying, oh, we renewed his contract so that he can come back to the Fiesta next year and sing. That's, that's, that's what we are. The fucking, that's a fucking laughing stock. I don't accept that. And there are players in that squad, and there have been loads of comments coming in about, oh, you know, it's too difficult to keep chopping and changing the squad and you can't build a team like that. I'm sorry, but this is Greece. No player that wants to develop and create a career for himself is coming to Greece to play for Olympiacos for 10 years. He's coming to Olympiacos to play for Olympiacos for one or two years. We sell him for big money. We change things up. We bring players up through our academy. That's not what we're doing, though. We're... Chopping and changing the squad yeah. with who? Who the yeah. hell's been chopped and changed? I have that question. Some key oh, players were... We haven't, we haven't done it under Martins, actually. It's the what chopping is... Oh, this is something bullshit. I don't, I don't accept that. Like, is... okay. Like, also how the... long has Hussein Uba been here? How long has El Arabi been here? How long has Valbuena been here? Marika Mara, how long has he been here? I think also the... There's a situations for each player. I think the summer has shown that except for the Wolverhampton deals we are able to do with Mendes, we cannot sell players anymore because I do have the, the impression that Marinakis is asking for a price that do not, uh, and it, it's not uh, related to the Greek football nowadays. It's too, too weak to expect to sell a player like Madi for 15 million. Because we will sell. I, I, I'm sure I'm, we're, we're going to sell. Agibu is going to go. Yeah, I'm but he has to that. go. He has to to stay one season, two season maybe. But if he stays more than two season, it's too late because Marikamara probably was worth 15 million two years ago. Now, I don't think he still lost it. I think I think COVID screwed the team. I think the summer of 2020 was the the rebuild year. You sell Camara, you sell Semedo. If mm-hmm. let's listen. If we go past Wolves in a scenario when there's no COVID and we go past Wolves, let's say we get to the quarterfinal, semifinal, quarter, quarterfinal, semifinal, and we get knocked out, Semedo's gone, Camara's gone. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Semedo but... was very close to go to the Euro, but... Yeah, I... Exactly. Could have changed Montreal. so many things, but... There were so many things that covid did to this club like it's when we look back if someone's gonna write a book like let's say there was someone at a university writing the history of olympia course covid is huge the the direction this club (laughs) took and i'm just thinking i've (laughs) seen a lot of comments about people noting how mad i am i love this goddamn team so much i love olympia course so much like i only will get mad at olympia course this much because i love this team so much and I'm just so disappointed. Things have been bubbling up for me for so long. And I really don't give a shit about the players. Like, I will talk shit about the players because they haven't shown me anything. When I went through the rain in Frankfurt and had to deal with cops everywhere with Costa, none of them came to us and clapped for us. Like, 
<laughs> screw these guys. It's, you know? it's hard. Like, it's hard to see the team lose in Europe, like especially the losses in Europe. They they sting a little bit, a little bit harder. They do. And like, especially for my generation, I've, we've been feeling it ever since the loss against for Juventus. Sure. Not, it wasn't a loss; it was a draw, but it felt like a loss back in '99. So yeah, and it, it just makes you think. Like after all these seasons, when are we ever? Go- when's it ever going to be our time? You know. And that's why I, I keep I keep saying and I keep thinking that as, as long as this team is weighed down by the Greek league, they're never going to be able to find that level of, of success in Europe that I feel they deserve because as a club, and this is something that I wrote in my post-match review, as a club, they operate on a different level than most of the other Greek clubs. But it's like as a football team, they're Greek. They, they, they belong to the Greek league and that's something they can't break away from, you know. So... Where do you go from here? It's like, yeah, you want to play different level football. You want, maybe you want to be faster. Maybe you, you want, but if all the other teams, uh, their goal is just to keep Olympiacos out and to stop them from winning the league or to get a draw or a win from them. I mean, most of the Greek clubs, most of the clubs in Greece, no disrespect to them, but a lot of the, the smaller clubs, that's all, that's how they operate. Like, let's sure. get a, a draw or a win from Olympiacos and, it's like, okay, but, you know, don't you have any goals of your own? Don't you want any, anything else? Uh, like, I even hear from from a lot of uh, fans of uh, Ajax and Balk and Panathinaikos, again, no disrespect towards them, but they just want to win the league. And they win the league and they go to Europe and they do nothing. Oh, some of the smaller clubs like Atromitos and Asteras, they go to Europe. They want to go to Europe. They, they want to, to win that position in in the Europa or former UEFA Cup. And they go out there. They don't even advance one round. What's the point? Why? I mean, we need more competition in Greece. We, we need the teams to rise, to, to rise level. Otherwise, it's just going to keep going further down. We've reached the, the 20th position in the UEFA rankings. I mean, I don't know what else can be said. That, that says it all. No. And Alex, I think that's a great point. I think that's such a great point. And someone made a comment like, Labro, you should care about Zivkovic and what Pauk do. Pauk is a tiny goddamn club. They have three championships in their history. Are you kidding me? Like, Zivkovic... They're losing tonight. They're losing tonight. Olympiakos, I'll say it again, I've said it, is not a Greek club at this point. Olympiakos is on the verge of becoming a European club. Why does Gate 7 International exist? Because Gate 7 International wants to make Olympiacos in the conversation of the big European clubs. Exactly. We want to make this club accessible to the European audience, to the African audience, the American audience, the Asian audience, like all the other big clubs in Europe do. And you know what? Exactly. Why would we, Ascolume, as we say in Greek, consider ourselves with the Greek clubs? Like, what is the point at this point? Like- there is no point. Like... There's such hostility between these clubs and it's unnecessary. Like you you said, it's even infecting the national team, you know, and it's unnecessary because unless these clubs, all the Greek clubs get over these stupid differences, because personally, and sorry for for talking like that, but I think they're stupid unless they get over themselves and think, all right, yeah, if we don't get over this, we're never going to, we're never going to be able to move up a bit and be seen in Europe then we're just going to be stuck in this rut forever. Guys, so if we... That, that, that's all there is to it. I... 
I've 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 been not playing around with this um, rationale and this line of thought for for years now. That it's all about you know the Greek league needs to improve, the level of competition needs to improve if we're ever going to get anywhere. Um, the reality is so tragic that you know we're having this competition um, in, in Greece, and th- the question is, do we want a competitive league? Is that what the teams want? Is that what the owners of the other teams want? Do they want a real competition, or are they just interested in winning at all costs? I think that it's not that bad to be the, the 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 very best team of the league, and I do think that Martins doesn't use. Uh, this advantage any, uh, because like one game out of two or one game out of three he could, gives Martins a chance to make a, a huge rotation and to slowly include some young players and give them space to, uh, to grow. Uh, like when you play against Lamia, when you play against Smirnis, uh, or yeah. when you play maybe against Atromitos, you should do like three or four changing changes in the in the starting lineup and do you think he's going to do that do you think he's going to do that against the no, he's, not, he's not going he's to not. do that and I, I to me for me is the the main frustration because uh, olympiakos could easily turn into a club like salzburg or clubs like that if you have a proper sport project like you have this you have the biggest space in Europe maybe to include young players like 17, 18 years old players. They will probably score some goals uh, easily in the league. You should have like, uh, you know, key players uh, to to be in the starting lineup, but you can reduce by far the amount of finished players that we have had in the squad like since decades at Olympiakos. Martins is not using uh, this advantage for me. And that's why we are yeah. always trying to uh, reduce the gap with other leagues, other clubs, rather than creating uh, advance. Yeah, look no further than Timmy Gus. He's the, he's the best example of what uh, Martial, sorry, I don't know your names. Uh, look no further than that he's the perfect example of this olympiacos has great academies all over the world at this point they even have an academy here in melbourne like they they're all over the world they should be utilizing it but on the other hand what would the fans in in greece think if martins did that if he just took out all these highly priced players all these fancy new transfers and just put in all these youngsters they would lose they might even lose the league yeah but in the long run, what would that be like? Because that's what Eintracht is. Eintracht is a club full of youngsters. Like Philip Kostic, they didn't buy him from anywhere. He just they just gave him an opportunity, you know. Yeah, and you're you're right, but um, as much as I, I, as I do think that Agibu Kamara, for example, still has a lot to to improve. Just look at his face when he's, he plays. He, he gives it all. He's probably happy to be there. He doesn't care if he had to play in shitty pitches like Lamia or those kind of clubs. I, I think he doesn't care if the, the league is delayed. Uh, he's just here to, to play football, to, to have a chance to go to a bigger club. And probably that we should rely more on that kind of profiles like players such as 
capers, for example, uh, such as Igor Silva that went to League One in France and he's only played like two times with Olympiacos. Those guys, those kind of players that are hungry to go in Greece and they don't, they don't care about how bad Greece is organized when it comes to football compared to players like Onyekuru or Ronnie Lopez that, I have, that have played in bigger clubs or better leagues and that probably will say that when they will leave, they will say like, oh, you know, in Greece, it's so poorly organized. I, I didn't get my salary on time. I have to play it on chili pitches or with no fans or something like that. And you're right about Frankfurt because when I saw the lineup, I was like, I don't know that much players, but when I see like the Japanese Kamada, what was the last time we have had a players that is so smart, like every run is doing is uh, useful, every passes, every shoots, like the goal he, he scored is like, he's like a, a, a better version of Masuras, that kind of players that are very useful for a coach. They never complain, they're still, they work constantly, they improve, and at the end, Maybe with eleven Masuras, we could we could go further than what we have, what we are doing now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this comment really sums it up. Uh, this is the, the the other perspective, guys. We can't afford. Uh, Lex says, guys, we can't afford to lose any titles in order to develop youngsters. The trick in this club is to do it while winning everything. Not easy. Um, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. like, so our youngsters are because... shit. Like to 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 yeah. make that. It, I, I don't get it. It's like. Maybe. All right, I'm going to go off on a rant here. Let's look at transfer policy for a minute here. So I talked about Valbuena earlier. I would like just to finish because I was not meaning to play only youngsters like such as Apostolopoulos. I was, you have like mid, uh, you know, you have a, a section between young players and top players. But I was speaking about uh, Vrosai, Sorlis. You can easily win a league in Greece with those kind of players in the lineup. I'm not saying to play like uh, Solakis every game or to play, I don't know, Voilis up front, but you have like no, but not just cup games. Yeah. I'm a, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I mean, really at this point, I'm at this point, if, if I'm in management and I'm looking at Ronnie Lopez and saying, I'm paying you a fortune to be here on loan. I'm never going to sign you at the end of the season. What's the long-term value for me? Thank you, but no thank you. Go back to Seville and do whatever you want to do back there. Terminate contract and give Mario Vrusay a chance. Every time he's come on, he's come on for 10 minutes. He's shown more than what this guy has shown. And I'm, I don't care if he was bought for 25 million by Seville from Monaco and what he did four years ago. It's just not worth it in the long run. And we're, we're killing this this is young. He's not young anymore. What is he? 21, 22 years of age, Mario Vrusay. Yeah, he should be playing. 23. And and yeah. Vasily Surlis, he had a fantastic he had a fantastic preseason. And where is he now? Oh, he's <laughs> playing know, in the B team. He's playing in the B team and he's gonna get opportunities to play Super League Two. Are you joking? So yeah, you play against men, but you've already played in the Champions League qualifiers this summer. It was one of our it was very, very good, promising this this summer. Why is he not playing? Why are we playing these washed-up players? Why are we renewing a 37-year-old Valbuena? I don't understand. Like this is, uh, this is what drives me crazy. So, honestly, when we talk about those two kinds of players, we don't have the balls to put them in the team. 
and Valbuena is the worst for me. But I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I also disagree about Valbuena. He's he's yeah. earned his position. Like he he's earned it. But if you he's need all- to use a 37-year-old in these sort of crucial matches, that just goes to show you how much faith you have in everyone else. That you he was have the, on the first sub. Because first sub today. Yeah, first sub. exactly. Yeah. That says a lot. That says a lot. You had Ronnie Lopez, and I imagine even if you had Gary Rodriguez, he probably wouldn't even use him either because everyone's going, going on about Gary Rodriguez. He hasn't really shown that much either. I mean, I surely don't think he would have put him on either ahead of Valbuena. Valbuena's been his... Uh, his go-to player ever since he he came to Olympiacos. It's like I don't know. I don't, I don't know what can be said because uh, first of all, I don't I don't care who the players are. You need a team. You need to create a team, and it doesn't seem like there, there's been much of a team creation going on at, at, at Eddie. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing because the camera seems to be a little indifferent. We're looking at a different Jan Villa. From last season, he—I don't know if he's affected from his injuries or what's going on with him. Uh, some players just seem worse than last season, and all the new transfers that have come in, whether Kunde or Ronnie Lopez or Onyekuru, Onyekuru played his first good game tonight. Uh, but in general, they, they all seem to be—I don't know—out of place, to say the least. To say the least. Uh, I—I uh, I completely am going to disagree with the Kunde part. Kunde belongs here. He's just not getting played. I have done multiple blogs, multiple data points that indicate Kunde's effect on our press. The fact that Kunde doesn't play is criminal. That's that's his case in particular. Kunde is one of those players that should be playing. He's healthy. He should be playing. I don't understand why we see certain players that get run into the ground, but then a player like Kunde sits on the bench and we expect something from, from him out of two minutes of game time or eight minutes of game time on the field. As for Fetanos's computer repairman comment, sorry guys, I lost Wi-Fi in the middle of the stream. So I had to go fix it, come back. So yes, I did do some type of IT repair. Fetano always putting me on blast here. I think he, I think he also called me Socrates earlier too. Guys, I have, I have a question. Um, I'm going to pop it up on the screen there. Where are the leaders? Bingo, Costa. Who are the leaders this in this Al-Arabi. team? El Arabi. Okay, let, 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 me, let, Socrates. Me, let me make a point Socrates. because I mentioned this when we were exchanging on the chat on, on WhatsApp earlier. But to me, I just feel like this team is expecting an Agibu Kamara to be a prime time for Tunis. Like that we're expecting this 20-year-old that's played 13, 14 games professionally in his career to do absolutely everything, to pull the strings, to take the shots, to make the pass at the right time. He can't. He's played 14 professional games in his life. His decision-making's not there. We've talked about that before. And then besides Agibu, I've said it time and time again, I'm waiting for Madi Kamara to turn up this season since we started, and he hasn't turned up. So we're expecting from a 20-year-old that's played 14 games in his professional career, and we're expecting from a player that doesn't want to be here. So who is leading this side? A 34-year-old well, El Arabi. Sorry, go ahead. I think that we also forget that a, a, a key player is well, more in our mind than in Matip's minds, but is, a key player is missing, uh, which is Fortunis. And as much as we do find him, that I'm not the biggest fan of Fortunis, but 
clearly when you speak about a leader, I think the technical leader is missing. And well, uh, uh, a Fortunis without a new injury would have could be able to do a full preparation and probably would have been in a better shape than last season and probably with more game time because Valbuena is getting hold and it was one of the turning points of the season for me because Fortunis is probably the best the, is the best player. I remember last season like, that when when Martins had Fortunis, he wouldn't let him play. So like, I don't know. I don't yeah, really but, think that Fortunis was the the key piece of. The, I think fans have elevated Fortunis up to this to this level, but I don't really think that he would make such, such a dramatic difference, especially not in the way in the formation that Martins plays. Fortunis was looking for his place in the squad. Because it doesn't really have Martins doesn't really use a playmaker like the okay tonight he played a, uh, a four three uh, four two three one formation that had Agibu in that playmaker position but usually he plays a four three three which doesn't have a, a position he puts Fortunis up on the wing and Fortunis can't play there so I don't know I don't think I don't really think that. Yes, Fortunis is, is a kind of player that can sometimes, especially in the games in the Greek League against the smaller teams, he could uh, come up with a solution, a goal out of nowhere or something like that that could uh, help the team. But I don't know. I'm uh, not so convinced that he... If, if he we're talking about... Numbers last season. Yeah, if if we're talking statistically, I don't uh, I don't know. I, Fortunis every time he came on, he had the highest key point per ninety minute, key pass per ninety minute, smart pass per ninety minute, goal assist per ninety minute. Besides El Arabi last season on this team, so now I do agree that in a four three three he struggles to find his position, and that's why when we were running with that a lot last season he has struggled maybe in and out to find a place. I understand that. But now that we've been back 4-3-3, we wasn't used this season. The first time we used it was against Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce, uh, Frankfurt away. That was the first time we did 4-3-3 this season. Uh, so the remember against Fenerbahce, we had a lone DM where we, where we saw the success. We had a lone DM Bukalakis with Mari and Agibu both playing off of each other up top and pressing. We saw today off the ball that that was similar and Yanim Vila was supposed to be the one pivoting back and forth the problem is Yanim Vila isn't as good as closing down passing lanes as Bukhalakis is uh, Yanim Vila is a way better possessor of the ball way better distributor of the ball but when it comes to closing down those passing lanes he's not quite there now in this stage where Olympiakos is in the formation we've seen that we're using most of the time, which is going back to, for the most part, 4-2-3-1 or this really hybrid, weird 4-1-4-1. I think Fortunis would have more success, a healthy caveat there, healthy Fortunis. He would have, he would have success. The data indicates that. And I think that's, that would be the truth, but it doesn't, what it doesn't do is change the underlying issues. There are underlying issues that are problems, and he might help us get certain results with things, but it doesn't change some of the other problems that are here. Yeah, that's sort of what I was try trying to, to get to. But, uh, yeah, 
the the issue with the four three three tonight, I, I felt I don't know if I was the only one that noticed it, but like I felt that both Madi Kamara and uh, Jan and Villa that they were really pressured tonight. I think that I attracted a lot of good scouting on how Olympiacos play, and they saw that everything starts from the midfield. Like everything starts from the players. Like all our players usually begin from the players that we have in midfield and especially Maddie Camera. So they put a lot of pressure on both those players, especially Maddie. He was never alone. If anyone noticed what was going on in midfield, it was a very tight midfield battle and he was never alone. He always had at least one player on him. So I understand if it seemed like a bad game from him, but there was uh, a lot of pressure. He was dealing with a lot of pressure tonight, uh, both him and Mvila, who had to come almost to, to the goalkeeper, to the to his own area to pick up the ball. Guys, the, um, we are playing out the back. We, we, we have a manager that is persistently asking us to play out the back without a ball-playing centre-back. So... The, the problem doesn't even start there is because the press was starting so high up the field that we couldn't get the ball into their half. We were just playing the ball lateral from side to side. And then whenever we got into their half, especially in the first 30, 35 minutes of the game, as soon as we managed to get into their half, we couldn't make more than two passes. We couldn't make more than two passes in their own half. And the press were starting all the way up. I agree that they read the team really well. They looked and saw our defence and said, we like to play out the back, but we have players that can't do it. The only two players in this squad that can play out the back are Ruben Semedo, who's not in the squad. We don't know if he's going to return ever. And Zvetazar Markovic, who is in uh, Jurgen Klopp's dungeon or Pedro Martin's dungeon. Injured. Yeah. Injured. 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 Operative yeah. So um, this is this is a, this is a tactical piece that I don't understand from Pedro Martins. Why are you asking? This no one can understand it. I think. Why, why? Why are you doing this? And also, is Martins it, has is it changed sure too many many times possible? his tactic. Oh, shall I go in and put a tactical analysis as well? Because it's been a while. Let me drop this. If we lose with Ike and Fener. Is Martin's gone? That's a tactical analysis for you. Oh, I was ready for you just to be like tactical analysis. Everything is shit. Blow this whole thing up. Where's this, the ten million? Euro? Looking, I'm looking yeah. at the schedule right now, Adi, and we have Ionikos at home on Sunday. When surely, but then you come back from our international break and you play Ike away, and you have Fener at home who just won three nil away in Brus or in uh, Antwerp. Wait, and Ionikos can't just be a win. Ionikos can't just be a win, by the way. If it's, but anyway, if it's, if it's an ugly I, win, it's still upsetting. But I'm just saying, you go to Ike on the road. They've been one of the best teams in the Super League, as much as I think they're shit, and the rest of the teams in Greece are shit. They beat you. You that go. You have a hot Fenerbahce team coming to the Kariskaki. And we see another performance like tonight, and they escape with a win. I, yeah. I, I have I think a if he loses both those games, I, 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 I don't think direct... anyone can save him. I don't think anyone can save him. That's it. There's no I have a direct out. answer. I have a direct answer Go to ahead. that question. And the answer is the following. Even if 
something were to go bad in the next three games against the Onigos, if it's an ugly win, a loss to Ike and a loss to Fener, I wouldn't be surprised, first of all, the way this season's gone. But what's the alternative? I, 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 am, I am resigned, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you, I am resigned to the fact that this season... Thank you, Lemonis. <laughs> not funny not funny I, I am resigned he's always there he can always count on you I am resigned to the fact that this season is a transition season until the end of the season when he goes and they should be looking to identify a new manager already if they haven't identified him having said all of that my caveat is the following if Martins wants to go Thank you so much for everything that you've done for this club the last three to four years. We've seen some of the best football we've ever seen, particularly that second year. And I don't want to be like, you know, reading out his obituary now. The guy's our manager, like we support him, we support the team. But I will not be like super sad to see him go, even if it's mid-season, but... I don't think they'll do it and I don't think it's the right thing to do because whether we like it or not, the level of the Greek league is such that we are still good enough to win the Greek league, to get the money at the end of the season and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. There is absolutely no reason to sack him. There is no reason to sack him. We can win the league. There are playoffs. He's leaving at the end of his contract. I think it is done. Identify yeah. the new manager, new project, new vision. Like, Let's like go. The, like the club did when uh, we were, uh, when before he came to Olympiacos, because I, I remember it was announced in April and it came like weeks after. Uh, and also, you're right, because yeah. I think that we have the level to uh, to secure another double in Greece because Martins or, uh, has only one double. And I think if he leaves with a championship, uh, with cup, the hand will not be dramatic. Would be disappointing, but not dramatic. And I also agree with one comment I just saw. Is like, I don't think that the performance tonight was that uh, that alarming because we we could have won that game. It it wasn't it wasn't the, the worst game we have made this season. But the issues, the, the, the ending, sorry, uh, when you can see the goal so late in the game, I think it, it changed uh, the perception you have of, of the game because it was pretty much the, the second shot of Frankfurt tonight and mm. they were so efficient. I think that was the best lesson for us because I, I've said it so many times, like under Martins, we were punished, we were punished so many times in Europe and I think that the only time we were the punisher. It was like maybe in Arsenal because it was the only time that we were able to uh, take the, the the profit of the of uh, of a mistake of another team. But I can't I can't count how many times we have given goals away. You you mentioned the the you know the first year of Martins, but in Tottenham home and away against Bayern at Kariskakis. Uh, against Vesta in Serbia, the the second game we've played in with Arsenal that we lost three one at home. Uh, the two game against Porto, the game in Marseille, uh, so many goals given away. 
I will. Can I jump in and say one thing? Some may related, some may not related. What happened to the Kairi Sky being such a fortress, you know, where we were confident we wouldn't lose? You know, it seems like that's been totally changed as well. No, it's just, it, it doesn't seem like that anymore. It just seems like another game. I remember it would almost feel like we can't lose here with our fans. And lately, I don't know. I haven't felt that. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of logical explanations for that. It's based on the the growing differences between not just clubs, but between leagues season after season, and they just keep growing and growing. And eventually, you know, back in the day, Olympiacos could easily compete with a club on the size of Juventus or, uh, I don't know, Atletico Madrid. They could compete. They could put up a fight against them. Nowadays, with the the size and scope and money that they have, that they can barely put up a, a fight against them. It's it's difficult to to stand up, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. we we saw. I mean, we, we played against the fifteenth team of the Bundesliga tonight, and they were faster. They were more efficient. They were uh, yeah. a lot better than almost every aspect. Yeah, and we have saw that we were able to win in Turkey because. Turkish club are probably the the club that are run poorer than Greek clubs. The only one in yeah. Europe you will find that are run up poorer than Greek clubs. But when you play yeah. against a German club, they know how to make transfers. They scout young players. They have a typical plan for them. They give them space to play. The championship is very attractive. Uh, full exactly. stadium. Nice pitches, you know. Exactly, they, they find them. They find them from young, and they groom them into becoming footballers. Like they don't just transfer them and hope you won't that see, they, it'll work you won't out. See on Yukuru or, or Ronnie Lopez going to no. Bundesliga. No, because well, if you if you do, I mean, yeah, teams do transfers. Teams make transfers there. I mean, you have Bayern Munich making spending. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to bring in uh, Lera Sané or whoever. But, I mean, these transfers, they're accounted for. I mean, they know. They, they scout for players and they know that whoever they bring in is definitely going to work out for them or they know where they want them to play or how they're going to play. Like, but I, you know, I, I think I think we did improve on that under Martins. And yeah. it's, not only, it's not only due to Martins, but he gives us... Uh, things apart from results or titles it gives us time it gives us stability and my biggest fear is that my biggest fear sorry is if we if we fire martins pretty much everything he has built in this club not alone but he basically really built it with time and it could go it could be destroyed you know if you bring a coach like i don't know with vitor pereira or that kind of coach that cannot yeah. last more than no, one season that, into a that club. Kind of coach. I then feel like Martins, Martins was was a very um, estimated selection. Like they, they knew who he was, they knew what he could do, what he could offer to the team. So I feel like they'll the next choice will be on the same grounds. Like it, it yeah. might not be someone who we know because when Martins first came to Olympiacos, everyone was like, "Who's this guy? He'll be gone by April. He won't even make the parade," you know. So like. It, pro- it might even be on the same ground. Someone from Portugal yeah. or Spain that we've never but heard how, of. But how, how big of a breath of fresh work. air would it be to have a Dutch coach or to have a German coach? 
I don't know. For uh, me, it would be look, because it seems like these Portuguese coaches almost have like the the like we need the players to get it done. It doesn't matter their age. It would be. Look, I don't know. I don't, I don't put. I don't put much. I don't put much weight on the um on the nationality of the coach. I weigh them on their on their work. Like we've had all these but coaches the, come in. I, I'll cut off you for a second. Portugal. The mentality yeah. though of like a Dutch coach. Like look at the yeah. Dutch league. I I talk shit about the Dutch league because I think I could score 10 goals a season in, in the air defeasive, but like the mentality is there. I, I like my, my mother's side's Dutch and I spend a lot of time in the Netherlands and the mentality in the Netherlands is if we bring a foreigner here, they must be so much better than a Dutch player or else it's bullshit. And they throw a fit like in right. uh, really? it, here. It's the, all these great players have gone to the Netherlands. No, but what I'm saying is, like, for top-end teams, they need – and they've played well. So that's the thing. They're, they have this expectations. We, if we're not going to – like, a foreign player has to raise our level or we're playing a youngster, a Dutch youngster, hopefully. Mm. And, you know, just yeah. having good. someone with that mentality who will give a chance to a young that player. I want to give a shout-out to Paolo Bento. Rest in peace, Paolo yeah. Bento. Okay, he's alive, but, like, the shittiest yeah. – a really shitty coach. I think we, we forgot a lot well, yeah, what but Paolo Bento again, was trying to do it with Olympiacos. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it depends on the, their work because, like, for every Ten Hag, like I saw in the comments, we have a Van Ship, you know? And I'm yeah. no, not a fan. I'm going to state it uh, publicly. I, I'm not a fan of Van Ship. I don't like Yeah. So, but I don't know. know. Just it I, I, But I, I understand yeah. what you're saying about the school the general school like German is discipline or Dutch yeah. might give an opportunity to younger players you know At Portugal they have a bit of a ever since Mourinho came out they have a bit of a you know, the one just something different you know something different yeah. and I don't know I I, I guess or maybe we're French, running on it you know? yeah even French Martial what do you think got, of that <laughs> yeah but we don't have yeah. a, a lot of young coach in France with uh we call that modern ideas of football, mm -hmm. but what we can find for Olympiacos is someone that can mix football ideas, uh, but also the winning mentality. Because I don't want someone to play like three, four, three every game and losing uh, one game out of three, like four, three or five, two. Or we all want to see some nice football. But as someone said before in the comments, in Olympiacos, the 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 main the main goal is to win pretty much every game in Greece and also outside. But... So okay. finding someone just... to replace yeah. Martins, I think it's probably the biggest, <laughs> the biggest task from the, for the board since we lost like the two best fullbacks we, we have, we have in the modern era. Yeah. I just want to chip in on this conversation I because know. I think it's, yeah. it, it, this is super, super interesting and pertinent if you take into account what other countries around us, both geographically and in terms of coefficient are doing. Um, and I think, I think Labro hit the nail on the head and it's something that Per Zetterberg said to us as well, when we were talking to him before the Greece Sweden game, in order to bring a foreign player into the Swedish league. And the reason why the Swedish national team has had success over the last few years is because to bring in a foreign player into the Swedish league, they have to be 
much, much better than the players that they have there already. And we do have to ask ourselves the question, are the players that we're bringing in better than some of the players that we have already? In some cases, yes, and in some cases, no. But this is what I want to say. In Turkey, if I'm not mistaken, they now have a, a regulation in place whereby they have to play four Turkish players in their starting 11 every game. And next year, it has to be five. And the year after that, it has to be six. Is that something that we need in Greece as well? How else is the national team going to get better? The mentality needs to change. And if the mentality needs to change by bringing in policies and regulations, I'm all for that, actually. I'm fed up of seeing some of these Again, I don't mean to single out Ronnie Lopez, but I'm fed up of seeing a Ronnie Lopez-type player <coughs> taking away an opportunity from a homegrown player like Mario Broussel. I'm fed up, and I'm I'm in favour of these regulations, and I think we need to do something about that now. God, you know, God forbid, Epo actually does something progressive for good for for Greek football. I think that what we deserve from those players that, for example, Broussel, or they need to be more. Uh, harsh with Olympiacos because they clearly didn't get the chance to play with the clubs they love, probably, and I'm okay with that. But for example, in France, you see a lot of young players going abroad, like 17, 18, because they don't even wait for the club to give them a chance because they want to play and they they know that in modern football they will play elsewhere. If it's not in it's uh, you know if it's not in Paris or in Lyon. They will play elsewhere and they try their luck very early. And we are very lucky yeah. in Olympiacos because we still have the the the, the change to uh, keep Borussai, to keep Suarez, to keep even Andruzos at the club because probably they don't want to go or they don't uh, they don't rush to go. Maybe it has to do with Greek mentality. I don't know, but they they don't force a move out of the club even if they don't play minutes and maybe sometimes we need an entire generation to leave Olympiacos on a free or without signing a pro contract and maybe sometime we, we will understand that we need to to improve that we need to improve on what we do with, with young player yeah for sure because it's like, look, I, I'm not doubting the quality of, of new coming players like Ronnie Lopez, like Onyekuru, who we saw tonight. He, he can play great if he wants to. Uh, but the thing is that, that they need to be given equal opportunities, these young players. Look, because we, we saw Rusai, he, he played in, in the Netherlands. He was always in the starting lineup for a club such as Willem. They're not a bad team. And like, it's they they need to be given opportunities otherwise they should be told you know what you're not in the um in the coach's plans you can leave and we'll bring in another young player from the from the b team and we'll have him as a as a substitute it's it's not fair to them either like i, I agree with what marshall was saying and you know it's it's just like these these young players they they, they need their opportunities because that's how all these clubs that's how the, all these clubs get bigger. And eventually you as a club become bigger as well. Uh, you, These players start to show their stuff, like like Camera. He came in, he showed what he has, like Timikas. 
you need to give them an opportunity. I, I think that all these players, Broussaï, who's pretty much old now, he can't be considered a young talent. Uh, Surlis, Apostolopoulos, they, they're all, they all have, well, they all have something to give and they all need to be given opportunities. Like, I mean, in the heart of defence, Apostolopoulos, why should Barnes, you say, always play? Like, why should these two always play? I mean, especially now that Semedo has gone. Give the boys. It's chance. funny because like all right, Apostolopoulos... you don't want to play him in Europe. Play him in the small in a Greek game. Give him a chance. At least show him that you you, you count on him, that you, that he can be you can't count on. Yes, he's 16. So what? We've seen 17 year olds play in the Premier League. And it's funny it's, because Apostolopoulos was was already playing uh with Sponseraikos uh like when he was 16 and he was close to go to William too. So you tell me that a, a Dutch club is willing to bring him to play pro football, but he can't play first team football with Olympiacos. Yeah, but he can't play for in a game that, Like, well, why not? In a game that is already even almost already won at kickoff because you play against a very small team. So, Markovic yeah, as well. Markovic yeah. as well. Markovic yeah. for me is one of the. I, I, I don't think that people realize how good Markovic is and how how big prospect he is uh, in terms of central defender in Eastern Europe. It was probably one of our biggest steal in terms of uh, amount of money we've paid from him, from Partizan, because it's a, it's a very good solo club. And <laughs> this guy, you play him like 20 times, he gets called for Serbia and you sell him like for 10 million easily. Yeah, but he's fourth yeah. choice behind Avram Papadopoulos. Avram Papadopoulos is for, over him. Like, Avram one of the most playing. frustrating things. How is he still playing? Avram Honestly, still, I can't believe that. He should have retired. I would raise my hand up as this guy and I would say, I'm sorry, I am hurting the club by blocking the way for younger players. At this exactly. point, exactly. I, if you love Olympiacos, you raise your hand and say, okay, I'm blocking the way for other people and I'm I'm retiring. I had a great career and I'm moving on. It's gotten to a point where I just find it disrespectful that he's continuing to block the way of other players. And he's done great things for Olympiacos, but I can still say that and other people can say so that with all respect to what he has done. But if he truly loves Olympiacos, he'll raise his hand and say, this kid Markovic, this kid Kaloyeropoulos, I want them to become big stars for Olympiacos like I was. And I will step to the side. And he's not and, done that. That's yeah. And yeah. Also, I, I saw a very interesting comment uh, about uh, a system like Red Bull as, and I remember uh, when we loaned uh, Kuipers to Ajaxio, he was also with Kazim Lashi, if you remember the, the players. And yeah. I think that was a very good system for us because um, those players really improved in French League 2, which is a very strong championship. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that follow every loanies we have uh, at Olympiacos. And I can tell that this season, is, it's horrific how bad the loanies are in every league because we want them to be loaned with like high purchase option or in the battle league and at the end of it they do not improve like Lazar won't come back better uh Kumich he won't come back better uh I, I'm not even Maxi Levera. yeah 
but I still Maxilo Vera was the only one who have nice uh, statistics, but a player like Soldano, he won't play ever for Olympiacos, but he's not even scoring goal in Spanish second division. Like this guy was supposed to be a difference maker for Olympiacos. Uh, and I'm not even mentioning the Rager that is not playing uh, one minute with Nottingham. So Nico Greco was, was right because we should we should rely maybe more on the relationship we have some with club like Ajaxio with Bastia maybe we're struggling for salvation in French second division we could we could send them like one or two players yeah or like true. what for me what one of the the, the issues that's been a, a source of a lot of, I would even say, aggravation is what's happening in the left-back position of Olympiacos right now. Because you went and bought, he tried to buy that one player who they, they lost him out to Porto, I don't remember the, the Nigerian player. And then he went and bought uh, the other one. He, he bought back Holebas. Zaidu Sanusi, yeah, him. Then he bought Holebas. Then he bought, now he's got Reabchu, right? And during this entire time, He's had this one player, this one great player who he used to have as a starter during when he first arrived, right? He's a Greek Kutrich. international. He's a great player. Yes, Leonardo Kutrich, who I don't know why he wouldn't use him. I don't know why he wouldn't give him his position back when he when he was uh, when he recovered from from his injury. Like he's a great player. He would he, he was uh, almost as good as Timikas. Like, but then Timikas had his boom and uh, Kutrich got injured. And that's how Timikas started gaining uh, more starting positions. But Kutrich was just as good. I don't understand why we've left him uh, out in uh, Germany, in bloody Fortuna or whatever. And we're using questionable players, questionable young players from somewhere else. Kutrich had what it takes and he was a Greek international. I don't know. That, There's for me, was rumors. one of the most questionable uh, decisions made by Martins. There are some rumours in the press about him wanting to come back in January. Let's see what Pedro Martins has to say about that. Um, I'd love I am it. conscious... Uh, I am conscious that we've been running for about an hour and 20 minutes and yeah, yeah the comments are still still going strong. It's time and... to wrap up, I think. I... Is it, is as, it even as Arsenal TV would say, it's time to go. It's time to go. Yes, we will it's have another. It's time to go. Is it's... it even worth doing? Is it even worth doing like man of the match, like coaches grade? I think we've kind of no. done the rounds on the coaches grade. I do want to give a shout out to Youssef Alarabi for becoming our, our number one goal scorer in Europe. Yeah, um, killer. That's an. The that killer. is an amazing. That is an amazing feat, and I do think that he had a good game today for a thirty-four-year-old. You, you know I'm fearing the the post game podcast after the loss against Fenerbahce, with like a huge amount of tweets of Turkish fan. Oh God! I, I don't want to live that. I don't want to live it either. Uh, I, I have a question. No, no. Can, question I, can I? Can I just? Yeah. I have. I've really this. I have one question because this is. <coughs> I have a strong. I, I have a strong opinion on this, um, and mm -hmm. I want your guys' thoughts. What do you guys want? for for this team for the rest of the European campaign because I think first position is lost after today do you want us to win second place or do you want us to play in the conference because I tweeted this out right after the game this Olympiacos team is a conference league team so 
I will not care if we continue in the conference. I think we can do more there. Can I, I would not this? care either. Uh, yeah, look, no, uh, personally, <laughs> I think we're, we're a team that, and we're, we're a bunch of fans that when we, when we win, we think we can conquer the world. And when we lose, we feel that like we suck. Uh, I feel that tonight we lost to a better team, right? Uh, we need to we need to be able to, to face. Fans. I strongly disagree. Tonight, I strongly disagree. But anyway, go. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, so <laughs> tonight uh, we all right. So we just lost the game. It's the second game of the season that we lose, and it's November, right? So anyway, we still have. We're in second place of the group. We can still win. We still have an advantage ahead of us. We're playing the third team at home who we beat three goals to zero at their uh, home ground, let's not forget. And I think that if we play against Fenerbahce as we play tonight, we're definitely going to win. Like, we put on a solid performance tonight. We played really well. Uh, it's just that Eintracht played a little bit better and that overshadowed us. But uh, I think the team has potential. There are a lot of players that are talented. It's just that they're not binding together as a team. That's just the ending. If they start to click a bit more, or if Kunde gets a bit more playing time, or if Onyekuru keeps playing like this, or if Tikinio starts scoring a bit more, things will be a lot better. There's a lot of potential. Like I feel that this roster is one of the the best of the best ever in Olympiacos. Like in value, they're really great. They just need to become more of a team and less of a, you know units. Anyway, your, your your track of thought was my track of thought in late August and I haven't seen it come together yet and I'm not sure it's going to happen but that's my that's my take right now um, no I I uh, I don't know what to say I don't give a shit to be honest like I I want us to go as far as possible I I uh, I want us to beat in there I want us to beat Antwerp I always want Olympiacos to win. I don't want to drop to any conference league. That's I want Olympiacos to win the Park. Europa League. I, <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? But, a quarterfinal of conference league against Olympiac against Park. Now you're talking. But anyway, I don't know. I I just can't imagine Olympiacos. I rooting for Olympiacos to drop to third place. I want us to win every game. Just to just to clarify, I'm not rooting for us to finish third. No, I'm no, of course, of course. I'm preparing but... myself mentally for that eventuality. But I don't know. We're we're now running quite long, so I I don't know. Let's just yeah. wrap it up because it's almost midnight Central European time. I kind of want to go to sleep because I'm just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> We'll probably wrap up. Any final thoughts, everyone? Uh, I think, no, I think, I, think I, I, I said everything I had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, just bad luck. And, like, I mean, Eintracht, were, they, they were pretty – they knew what they were doing inside the pitch, I think. I mean, that's how I saw the game. As they say in Greek, maybe one day, let's see if that happens. <laughs> Marcel, some final thoughts. Nothing. Marseille Nothing. got a draw, so I'm twice disappointing tonight. <laughs> yeah, against Lazio. I like the, the banner about no fascism, no racism. Good for them. But anyway, 
I oh great banner I've at let the Galaxy, go. by the way. That was amazing. Yeah, the banners. Oh god, fantastic tonight. Amazing. But uh, also, yeah, no, it was good. The Star Wars theme. I'll I'll just say like yeah. Hopefully, no one thinks I hate Adi for blowing up on him. But sometimes when he comes in with that statistical bullshit after a big loss, I just can't handle it. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. I no harm meant to Adi. And with that, <laughs> everyone have a good night. We'll be back. I, I don't know. This weekend, probably. We'll see. Keep in touch on our socials. Everyone, please do subscribe, like, comment. We're here in the good moments. We're here in the bad moments. It's great having you guys around in all of those moments. Um, so follow, like, subscribe. Give us a review if you listen on the podcast platforms. And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Adios. Bye. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo, katimajiko.